Hey, so I'm so happy to talk to you about movies and about your experience moving to a new country. What's up, Tiago? Welcome. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for having me. I'm doing really well. And how are you doing? Life is good. You know, I'm just having fun, just teaching, just trying to be a good teacher and trying to help my students, which is exactly why, like, in our conversations, I thought, whoa, uh, my students definitely need to hear from Tiago because we use a lot of movies and I think you can bring a lot of value. So um, what do you think of when you think of cinema? Uh, so cinema for me is a type of art. It's called the seventh art, right? So it's a type of art, but this is an art of storytelling. Uh, to tell a story on a screen uh, in about two hours and make you travel into a particular world for that two hours or so. Uh, so it's really a kind of magic also. And it's just about disconnect from the real world and to connect to another world and have some fun or some thoughts about your life whatever the the story of the movie proposed to you so yeah that's fantastic you know you said story and really uh, i was i had the opportunity to work on a documentary so i spent a week with these filmmakers and i saw that it really is cool. in the end about storytelling. Even documentaries, like filmmakers want to tell a story. And so yeah. I, I have some important words that I want my students to know, so I'm kind of secretly gonna slide these in. What is okay. plot? What is plot? So a plot is, let's go like this. Let's think like this. So you have a story, you're telling your story on a movie, and the plot is actually the core of your story. It's that point in the story that something changes, a problem happens, and the characters are gonna uh, are gonna work on that problem. So the story is gonna revolve around that particular issue, that problem. So that's a plot. That's no, my I, understanding. I think identifying problems, and sometimes I see the word conflicts, because when we're reading literature, when I was uh, studying literature, you, you're looking for conflicts, and they can be conflicts yeah. with other people or conflicts with the environment, like there's a tornado coming, or an, yeah. an, 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 an internal conflict where someone is maybe dealing with their past, so a conflict or a problem. Yeah. It, would be, it would be weird to have a movie with no problem. Like, right? Yeah, it's, it would be totally weird and would be totally alternative. But most of the movies, they have a, a plot, a conflict. Absolutely. Like, for example, uh, in the most famous uh, MCU movies, the Marvel Cinematographic Universe, you have a villain that wants to roll out and destroy the universe. So that's the plot of the movies. And, but, of course, there are other movies with more complex plots and those are i think are more interesting and i guess there's a lot of different ways it just depends on what the story what what story they want to tell and that's the art yeah but i think definitely yes. identifying the plot keyword plot is identifying the story and the conflicts you know if just if you want to have a discussion in your english class for example 
when you're watching movies. Hey, next one I want to talk to you, themes and tone. What, what are themes and what, what, can you think of any themes of a movie? How should my students think about theme? Uh, a theme of a movie? Hmm, well, that's interesting. Uh, it's what the movie is about. So um, I like to think of examples. Uh, so there is a movie I like really much, which is called uh, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. And the movie is set up in the 90s. And uh, it's about this boy who has some uh, mental issues that you're not completely aware of what they are in the beginning. And he writes a letter. And it's set up in high school. So I would say, I may be saying wrong, but the theme of the movie would be uh, this kid with some kind of mental issues, relationship problems, uh, and starting high school. So, yeah, there, so there's yeah, definitely maybe. some themes there, like you no know, dealing with mental health, um, psychological yeah. problems, maybe even mm -hmm. starting starting high school are kind of themes, symbols. Yeah. I like that you said the, that the movie takes place in the 90s, which is a next term that I would like to know uh, to mention is setting. Setting is the time and place. What do you think of when you think of setting? So setting is where the movie takes place at some point in time and place, as you said. Uh, so for example, a uh, uh, movie that takes place into the Middle Ages, so it could be, so the time is the Middle Ages, like say uh, 1392, and uh, it happens in, uh, in old England, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be the setting. Or also, uh, what the, what's the context of the society of that place they're trying to represent. So that's the setting, that's the situation that the movie is presenting to, to the audience. Because the time and the place influences, yeah. you know, the characters, yeah. how they think, what they feel. And that's much different than like a space oddity where it takes place in a spaceship, you know, in the future, 300 years in the yeah. future. Or if it if it takes place, you know, in a forest or whatever. There's so many different places. Mad Max. Yes, there's. Yeah, for example, Mad Max is a perfect example. It takes place basically in the desert, uh, and cars running all over, right, and having accidents. It's a pretty good movie, by the way. Uh, or the Star Wars franchise. It all takes place in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, which the way that they start all of the movies in a galaxy far, far away, and then the, the movie starts. Classic yeah. example to think about setting, which is yeah. time and place that the movie takes place and is, is very important yeah. for understanding a film. Another yeah. important uh, part of a film is the acting and the characters. Uh, and those are two separate things. So what is acting and what are characters? So, well, that's a, a interesting question because I, before I was a doctor, I had theater classes for a year because I wanted to be an actor before. Then I, I moved my career to, to some, uh, you, something else. You'd be a yeah. great actor, man. I can see you, yeah, being a great actor. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Uh, I think that's why I'm, I'm such an admirer of movies and 
of cinema. But acting um, for the actor is it's kind of a movement of empathy. You have to imagine yourself of being that character and living that situation that you're trying to represent. So the actor actually, he or she uh, lends his or her body uh, and his or her expressions to, uh, to that character, to that person that he's trying, he or she's trying to represent in the scene. So it takes a lot of study. So that's acting. Some yeah. uh, acting is representing famous. you. Yeah, some yeah. are famous for like uh, visiting or interviewing the person or they, they don't break character, right? Even offset. They really get into the role of trying to live and think as that other person. Yeah. So, and sometimes they take it too, too deeply and they leave the character like on their everyday lives. Uh, like we have the examples that were pretty extreme, like actors that uh, performed the Joker. So mm -hmm. like uh, Heath Ledger, he had some problems after um, performing the Joker for the Batman series. Even uh, the most recent Joker, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, he was acting weird on set. So it's a, it's kind of a dangerous character to lend your body and your expressions too. But yeah. I mean, that, that's yeah, cause uh, that movie was intense. He did. He really was yeah. like playing someone mentally ill. Think about uh, Matthew McConaughey in some of a couple of movies. I think he's lost so much weight. Did you see how skinny yeah. he got for the movie, which he portrayed someone with AIDS? He like talk about getting into character. Oh, wow. He was literally skin and bones. Yeah. He lost One of so the much most weight. Yeah. One of the most impressive actors uh, for me on that, on that particular um, uh, characteristic is Christian Bale. Mm -hmm. I mean, have you seen Christian Bale on Vice? I don't think so. I know Christian Bale. I, what was the movie that he was super skinny? Or so, like what? Uh, so, um, there was a movie that he played a uh, uh, boxer. But I don't remember the name of the movie, or I don't know the name of the movie in English. Uh, maybe. Mm. But for example, Christian Bale, he was the Batman in Batman Begins and Batman, you know, The Dark Knight, the Batman, the Christian Ole uh, series. Mm -hmm. But he was, and he was all muscular and everything all worked up. And on Vice, which was a movie that uh, was uh, released maybe one or two years ago. Uh, he was the vice president and he was really, really fat. I mean, it's <laughs> totally different. And I mean, and he was really skinny before for that um, boxer. And, and, and it's crazy. I mean, I, I, I wonder if it's healthy for those guys to go through all those changes for a character. I think they have to be followed up by professionals very closely so they can keep their health. But it's most, crazy. Yeah. Most, most likely. Um, something, um, oh, also one term, characterization. Characterization means the changes that happen to a character. So a character starts at the beginning, who's maybe a jerk, mm -hmm. and then over time learns to be nice. That's called yeah. characterization. Mm -hmm. a, ne a next term is dialogues. Uh, dialogues and conversations can be a key part of the movie 
Um, what, what impact does good dialogues have? What do you think about dialogues in a movie? Uh, so the dialogues, they have to be, I think they have to be real uh, in the sense that they transmit the message and they story very well. Uh, because we have movies that they are only based on dialogue. They don't have any uh, particular special effects or you know, editing or anything like that. Just the movie is just about the dialogue. You know what movie comes uh, to mind? Uh, the divorce, the yeah. marriage story, which should be called divorce yeah. story. It's about a divorce. They, it was really yeah. no, so, it was great dialogues. Yeah. So uh, that was the movie that was on my mind. So marriage story. I mean, you, you had those two amazing actors, uh, uh, which is uh, what's her name? Uh, Scarlett oh Johansson. God, I forgot her. Name. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, and. The other guy, uh, whose name I forgot now as well, but they were both famous for, you know, performing, uh, you know, heroes movies like Marvel and Star Wars. And now we, on this movie, Marriage Story, we see them uh, just performing dialogues, but so uh, well-constructed and well-written dialogues and then delivered with such emotion that you actually believe that they're going through uh, a very bad divorce and all the conflict and everything that was underneath and things that they, that the couple probably was not talking about for several years. And then it suddenly burst into screams and tears and um, they need uh, before each other. So there's a whole process and it's very real. So the, the, the characters are very human, very real. It really uh, I think it that's seems, the success. It seems to be a combination between a great screenwriter, a great script in combination with great acting. Yeah. And it sound, another element uh, in combination would be the cinematography. So the great script, the great acting, and then you have the great mm -hmm. camera work. What is cinematography? and uh, the score, cinematography and the music? So cinematography is about you, uh, how you position your camera and what effects are you gonna put on the film. So it's about to put a character on a particular angle. So you want to uh, put something on the scene with more attention to the audience and also the the light on the movie like the movies that you wanted to to transmit a, a darker uh environment you choose a different set of colors to make that the the scene darker or if you want to make you no know, this a happy time on the movie everybody's happy uh, and they're in the middle of nature so that you choose a set of colors that pass that impression and you treat that on, on cinematography on camera. Mm -hmm. uh, and the core, the music is very important. So the core will... The score. We will, <clears throat> the score, yeah, sorry. So the score will, um, will add to the, to the emotion of the film. A great example is Dunkirk. So Dunkirk is a war movie, but 
different from other war movies, the score was built into the movie. So it's kind of a continuous orchestra throughout the movie and transmit the emotions that are going through um, the scene. So when there is uh, uh, airplanes that are going to drop bombs on, on the beach, you have those that feel that the, the, the score is getting faster. There is a string that the violence getting you know, more pitchy or something like that. And then you feel that emotion um, being grown up on the, on the score. So that was really, really beautiful. And also we have scores that, you know, they stay for life. Like you can, if you hear the music, even nowadays it will bring you directly to that movie. So like the Harry Potter theme, uh, anyone who's a Harry Potter fan, if they hear the, the chores, they will remember the movie right away. Or the Lord of the Rings that has a particular excellent score. If you are a fan of the movie, you will be taken right away to to the memories of the movie. So the score is really, really important. Really add or, or subtract a lot of emotion, yeah. you know, um, yeah. and add to the feeling. So it sounds like we have talked about the words, the plot or the story, the setting, themes, uh, acting, characters, dialogues, the score, which yep. is the music, cinematography, which is how the camera work is done to make you feel, and you put it all together to make a story, to tell a story. Yeah. And we're going to talk about movies uh, in my classes, so if my students are listening, I hope they <laughs> took, are, are familiar now with those words. I think there might be one more topic uh, to talk to you yep. about, because English is not your first language, and you are, yep. I, you could say, a success story because you learned, started learning in another country. Now you're living in Canada. Yep. You're working professionally, full-time as a doctor and oncologist at uh, Princess Margaret Cancer Center, and you're living here. And, so, you know, so this is what you could say, a successful learning story. So I just wanted to know, I maybe we could start a little bit about you learning English. Can you tell me? When did you first start learning English? And just give me a quick summary of your story learning English. Yes, yeah, so I started learning English when I was about nine years old. And I started by myself. Uh, it was out of my own curiosity and interest. So back then, this was 1998. And so back then in Brazil, we could buy magazines or small books uh, that uh, had some English lessons, and they came with a mixtape. And cool, like a magazine, uh, uh -huh. English learning magazines. Yeah. An English learning magazine. I'm gonna have to so find those. Yeah, uh, maybe you can find them. I don't think they are produced anymore in those, you know, modern times. But back then, in 1998. That's what we had, at least in Brazil. Mm -hmm. And so it just and kind of, from what you told me, it just captured your attention because it was a magazine. It was a magazine. It wasn't a textbook. It was cool, and you wanted to learn it, uh, which yeah. was neat. And then you did classes in school. Um, and then I, I know your story. At first, I started to uh, study on those magazines myself. And when I was 10... Uh, I came to my mom and say, Mom, are, are you going to 
put me into the English school. So just to give a context uh, for your other students, in Brazil, there are some schools that are dedicated to teach English and, and they're a private school. So I would have my regular school in the morning and twice a week I would have English class in the afternoon, about uh, one and a half hour of English class. So I went to one of those schools and it was an amazing school with amazing teachers that worked really hard on grammar, pronunciation, and intonation. So I, I was lucky to have really good teachers. And I spent six years on that school. And on those six years, I came to Canada twice for a quick exchange program that was uh, something like English plus vacation. So I'd have uh, English class in the morning in a school here in Toronto. And in the afternoon, we would have some touristic activity like going to the CN Tower or Niagara Falls or going to a museum. And we would enjoy the city. And it was in the summer, which is the best time of Toronto, in my opinion. Definitely. And I did that twice. Yeah. So I did that twice. And it was really, really fun. So my English really improved. And after I finished my English course, uh, I kept in contact with English. And either through movies uh, or texts from med school, you know, you have to read articles and all articles are published in English. So uh, you have to know English to understand what you're reading. Uh, and, you know, but I am really lucky to like the language. Uh, I really like to study English and like the language. And I really like, and that's what kept me, you know, fluent uh, throughout these years. I mean, I finished my English course when I was 16 and I'm 31 right now. And I still remember most of it because I keep on practicing. And finally, I finished my medical oncology uh, training in Brazil in 2019. And I came to Canada a few months later and to start a fellowship uh, studying skin cancers. And so I'm here working full time as a doctor. I speak English all the time and actually this improved my English even more. So, and you know, yeah. I'm really interested. You did the study abroad and went to Canada, which is a huge plus. Um, so you mm -hmm. had kind of a, you, you knew what it was like kind of before, but what yeah. was that? What was that like, you know, coming to Canada for the first time um, when you were young? What was that like? Just the very first time speaking with native speakers? I mean, was so, it a big was it a big shock? Was it really difficult? Because you were learning in the classroom, and then you took your first visit. Mm -hmm. Was it a big shock? Uh, well, I remember that I, w I was a little nervous, and everyone because I was not alone, so there was a group of uh, students from Brazil, and everyone was a little nervous uh, to speak English, to be understood, and to understand what people were going to say to us. But you know. It's kind of, if you're put into the fire, you have to fight it. So uh, the moment I arrived, uh, I start to talk to 
the driver that took us to our, you know, to our homes. I, I, we stayed with host families at that time. And, you know, things just, you know, start happening. And at some point when you kind of get used to it, then you know that you can speak, you can make yourself understood and can understand other people, then it's more relaxed. But for me, it was pretty fast. I mean, I and you had the group. Bold. You had the group yeah. with you, which helped. Yeah, but the group was really shy, and I was the bravest in the group to you know start speaking uh, to a native speaker, and and the group actually it took a uh, a few more extra days to the shyness go away, uh, but in the end, everyone was more fluent in English. What if so that was a fun time? What if someone listening is like, oh my goodness, I could never do that. I could never just go say hello to a native speaker. Oh my goodness. How do you, are you just naturally confident or what could someone do to feel more confident? Just to, what would you, what advice would you give them? I mean, just try. I mean, you are a foreigner. Um, you are a foreigner in this country and people really appreciate that you try to learn their language so you can communicate. So don't try to have the perfect accent. People will know that you have an accent, but try to speak the best as you can try to communicate. If you don't understand something, just say, could you repeat? And uh, if the person did not understand, try to repeat uh, more slowly or try to substitute the word for another that has the same meaning and you get through it. It's a learning process and the more you practice, the more you know and the more confident you get. Mm. Was it any different the last time you came, which was more of a permanent adult endeavor where you were going to now be a professional and, and now it's not vacation talking to a tour bus, it's talking to your boss and you're publishing papers yeah. about on cancer. So um, yeah. what, what is that like living every day with English? Um, are there a lot of words um, and expressions that you didn't learn in school? Uh, yeah, they're not a lot, um, but there are a few, there's some, uh, Canadian expressions that my bosses, that my boss uses sometimes, and now <laughs> I don't remember, but uh, yeah, like, uh, well, there is one really funny about, uh, too many cooks in the kitchen, like too, too many, many people. <laughs> yeah. And yeah that, too many that cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. That I learned from him, and I thought it was really funny. Uh, and it's interesting when you speak English every day, and you are a foreigner, but start speaking English every day with several people. And there's a phenomenon that happens that you start to think in English and sometimes have dreams in English. And this has only happened here. And mm. Sometimes when I, and when I'm speaking to my friends in, Bra in Brazil on the phone, I want to remember a word in Portuguese. And the first word that comes to my mind is the word in English. And I start to, you know, 
try to remember what's that word, what's that word, what's that word. And then I speak the English word and, and say, what? You know, oh, that word. And then it goes. It, it's funny because it's kind of imprinted in, in my brain right now. And it's kind of the first language that comes because I'm using it so much, much more than Portuguese for more than a year now. And, and people think that when we say that in Brazil, there's some people say, oh, he's too cocky. He's uh, all full of himself because he speaks English. And it, it's not. It's just something that happens. Your brain gets so used to it that the first words that comes to your mind are English words. Yeah, that's due to automaticity yeah. uh, and the way cognition works. You know, yeah. I remember the first time I had a dream in Spanish and it was so crazy. I was in Mexico. And um, anyway, I just remember in my dream, I was, I was speaking in Spanish and people were speaking to me in Spanish. And in real life, I couldn't quite yet have a conversation yet. Like my Spanish was bad, like in real life. But in this dream, it was just, it was just, it was fluent. And I thought, oh my goodness, like in my dream, I was speaking Spanish better than I can in real life. It was it was it was a trip. It was yeah. really crazy feeling and super yeah. cool. It's crazy what your brain can do, right? <laughs> did you experience exhaustion? I remember when I first uh, did a study abroad and everything was Spanish all the time because before I was taking some classes, but then it was just 24 hours a day, seven days a week Spanish. I was so tired. Like my brain was just like melted. It was so exhausting. Did you experience that? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, I think I had some exhaustion within four or five months living in Canada. I mean, I was like, oh my God, speaking English is exhausting. And it's like literally growing pains. It's like when teenagers yeah. are growing up, sometimes your knees hurt. Yeah. If you're an adolescent, yeah. uh, you, you can give knee pain just because your knees are growing. I think it's the yeah. same way in your brain because your brain is restructuring and accommodating the new uh, yeah. syntact, uh, syntactic, um, yeah. uh, synaptic activity, which is exhausting. Maybe, yeah. Your brain's maybe, growing, growing pain. Yeah. yeah, maybe neuroscientists can, can answer that. I'm not the best person. Uh, but, they cannot, uh, they cannot yet. They cannot. Yeah, yeah, but eventually that discomfort and that exhaustion went away. And now it's kind of, it's just natural. It becomes automatic. Maybe it's like yeah. learning to drive a car. You know, it requires a lot of work at first, but then later yeah. it becomes automatic. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's the learning process, right? So It never stops. Never stops. Hey, that's a great place to stop this interview is that learning mm -hmm. never stops. Here you are, so humble. I think a great uh, example for learners that you enjoy the language for one. A couple key things is that you enjoy it and how when you enjoy movies or you enjoy learning English, then, well, your English it definitely benefits because you're watching movies in English and you like yeah. English. and. And also taking a risk, you not being afraid to start a conversation is some, a message that I want them to hear. And mm -hmm. lastly, that you came to a new country and that it was exhausting at first, but now it's automatic and now you're bilingual and that it is a real goal. And that someone from, from anywhere, a lot, my, a lot of my students are in Colombia, you're from Brazil, but it's possible. It's a real dream. 
and that you're doing it, man. And just, that's really cool. And I just wanted to, I just hope that my students see a couple of those things that I think oh, is a good example for them. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, and uh, another advice I could give is, you know, try to make it fun. Uh, like we Brazilians, we do enjoy much of the American music and international music. So one of my favorite pastimes was, you know, grab a piece of lyrics and try to sing along and work on my pronunciation and try to watch a movie with no subtitles. I remember the first time that I did not need subtitles to understand what was going on on the screen. It was really great, a great feeling. Say, whoa, I don't need subtitles for this anymore. It's so cool. Yeah. And I know you're a huge fan of Coldplay. I'm a huge fan of Coldplay. I've been to <clears throat> seven concerts of Coldplay. Seven? You are seven. a dedicated fan. I'm a dedicated fan. I'm a crazy fan. I had a sunburn because of Coldplay uh, once. Which is, which is not good because you're an it's oncologist. Not a metal, um, he's a skin cancer doctor. I'm a skin cancer doctor. <laughs> and he got a sunburn. Yeah, but we, this was before I was dedicated only to skin cancers. But yeah, uh, I had a sunburn. Uh, because I was waiting online for several hours, and the sun on that day was what a, what really bright, really <laughs> bright and hot, and I got a sunburn on my on my arms, but it was worth it. I got the front row. I had lots of fun, and the sunburn went away. You know, I hope the melanoma is... doesn't come. But... Yeah, what a <laughs> sacrifice! I just hope yeah. my students are really listening. Like, look, like go to concerts, like find a band that you love, like enjoy yeah. movies, like things in English. Go for it, live your life, and have yeah. fun. Enjoy it because it is. It does bring a lot of value to life. Yeah, it does having something that you enjoy. Yeah, I mean, have curiosity about how about the original sound of the TV shows that you like. So when I was a kid, I was really into, um, okay, I will, I will name an anime. So the original sound is, is Japanese, but I was really into Pokemon, but my TV uh, had the option to change into English. So the English sound, I would put some from time to time to hear it and mm -hmm. made really fun to hear in, on your original language and on, and in English as well, uh, to see the differences and, you know, intonation. And it makes really fun because you're, yeah. you're, you're watching something that you like and you're learning uh, as you watch. So I think these are things are fun, which is why I've organized the classes that I have. So we have a lot of fun watching movies. And yeah. hey, thank you so much for kind of giving uh, students a framework to think about movies and talking about movies and having an intelligent conversation about movies using those elements and about learning a new language and traveling to a new country thank you so much Thiago have thank an awesome you. day yeah you too man thank you so much and enjoy enjoy in English all the best thank you